Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I already told you how much I love the Montana Highline. If I haven't, I am now. And if I have, I'm telling you again. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? A variety of topics, including some high school football, some college football recruiting, and a history lesson. We heard from Adam Jones, the Missoula Sentinel star senior, who's headed to Montana State to play running back. We also heard from Missoula Sentinel head coach, Dane Oliver. We also heard from Kalispell Glacier head coach, Grady Bennett, as we continue our high school football previews. And we learned about Charlie Paddock, the peerless sprinter from the 1920s, who then went on to fight and pass away during World War II. What a history lesson. You can find everything from the first hour of Nuanas Now on the podcast, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. The Nuanas Now podcast is proudly presented by the Advocates, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's time for our ESPN Roundtable. It's our long-form interview for the week. You can always hear a replay of the ESPN Roundtable during the noon hour each Thursday right here on 1029 ESPN Radio. Going out of the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, welcome in. A guy I met during my time, or I guess during one of the events at the Montana Football Hall of Fame in my role on the board of directors, a Montana Football Hall of Famer, a Carroll College Hall of Famer, a seven-year veteran of the National Football League for the Detroit Lions, Casey Fitzsimmons, Chester's finest, joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Casey, what's up, my man? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good, man. This is a fun mutual connection. I hope that our uh, mutual friend Jake Dubeck, who's also a uh, good supporter of this show, great advertiser with us, uh, he's the one that told me I keep needing to get you on the show. So I said, you know what? I just watched some hard knocks. 
Don't be late, don't be overweight. It's all I've been saying to everybody since I saw Dan Campbell performing on camera, and I thought, I know a guy that played for the Detroit Lions once upon a time, too, and that's you. So first, before we get into some stories about you and about Coach Campbell and all that, just tell people what you're up to these days. What's going on with Casey Fitzsimmons these days? Well, I'm hiding out in the mountains over in Canyon Creek, uh, about 20 miles, 25 miles out of Helena. Right up on the east slope of the Continental Divide, we're raising cattle, children, and hay. So, um, staying busy with that and uh, just kind of living the good life. Well, that sounds like a great life. I am very envious of you for a lot of different reasons. But I do think uh, a simple life living off the land and being with your family, that sounds pretty darn good to me. Did you come? I know you grew up uh, in small town Montana. I know you went to high school in Chester. Did you grow up with an agricultural background? Is that something you were familiar with? Uh, you know, the cow part, I wasn't. And so, um, but my dad had ran an implement dealership up in Chester, uh, a John Deere dealership. So, of course, we're running green paint. And then uh, I kind of dove into the cows. And right now we're running registered cows and selling bulls and, and uh, replacement heifers and stuff. So we're kind of, you know, I, I took about 12, 13 years to figure out the cow game and figure out kind of the genetic, you know, direction I wanted to go and, and ended up um, kind of falling into a pretty good deal. Um, a guy that was retiring and dispersing his registered herd. So last fall we took the big leap and dispersed a bunch of commercial cows and, and ended up buying his registered herd. Well, very cool. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well and you're still living the Montana life. And, uh, you know, it's funny for us native Montanans just seeing how Montana is changing so much. So I'm very happy to hear that there's still people that are doing it like Montanans do it. Just fill in the gaps for us, though. You played for the Detroit Lions from 2003 to 2009. Since you retired from the NFL, though, what's that been like? I mean, what's it been like sort of redefining yourself? Because it is sort of a, a weird phenomenon, right? Like you retire from your first career your first dream when you're in your early 30s it's not like everybody else that retires when they're 65 so what was it like just uh, kind of transitioning from a life of football to kind of redefining yourself after football well so you know i kind of bought myself a job right <laughs> so That's i right. went out <laughs> ground <laughs> and uh been doing this cow thing and anybody that knows me really well knows that when i dive into something it's it's full steam ahead. And so I've been, you know, laser focused on this cow thing. And so for the past, since 2010, so 12 years, I have been doing nothing but cow stuff. And, um, but the transition over was, it was, it was tough. Um, you know, there's, you, you got a lot of structure, but like I've said in previous deals is that, the cow business is kind of like the same way. There's a lot of structure. You kind of got your four seasons and then within those seasons, there's certain tasks that you have to complete. So it, the transition for me was to get back on schedule and make sure that I was doing, you know, a structured, um, uh, life like I had been, you know, the previous, however many years I was playing football. So, um, you know, but the first couple of years was, was kind of tough because you, you, you have an identity as a professional athlete and, you know, everybody kind of, when you're in the game wants to be around you and all that stuff. And not that I needed that, but you kind of like, well, I wonder, you know, 
they don't see me the same way. And so it's just a mind game and, and, and whatnot. But it was, for me, it was pretty easy to transition because I had, had goals set, uh, uh, post career. So, um, once I got, got settled into, to what I was doing here and, and kind of figured things out, it's been kind of, uh, um, groundhog day, right? So every day is the same day. Uh, yeah, every year's got the same thing going on and, and whatnot. So ESPN Roundtable, Casey Fitzsimmons joining us. He's a native of Chester, Montana, a guy who now lives just outside of Helena, an All-American at Carroll College during his outstanding career there in Helena for the Saints, and a guy who played seven seasons in the National Football League. I guess eight seasons. I always get the math wrong uh, for the Detroit Lions. And, uh, Casey, I want to ask you just about the background because we, t- we talked about, you know, coming from a tiny town on the high line. But how do you think that set the stage for your life? Because I'm actually working on a separate project out here outside of this radio show about a sort of the phenomenon of guys from Montana that have come from Montana to the NFL. And when you look around where these guys came from, Montana is an incredibly rural state for sure. But there's just as many guys from Chester and Dillon and, you know, Haver and Hardin and, you know, Columbus, as I guess there's as many Class B and Class C guys as there is guys from the double A's, if not more. And I think a lot of it is just kind of the background, the lifestyle and all that. But what sort of influences do you think grow, growing up and going to high, high school up there on the high line and growing up in Chester? I mean, what sort of influences do you think that had on your life uh, during your early years? You know, I think it's uh, the work ethic and, um, and in and, and a lot of these small rural towns, too, there's a lot of competition. And so, um, you know, there's not as many people, but everybody strives to be the best. Um, and so you're running with a group, like in my, in my case, we ran with a group of five to ten guys that were competing on every, every level, whether it be baseball, basketball, football. I didn't do track, but in track. Um, hell, even in PE class when we played tennis, I mean, everybody, it was competition after competition. And then another thing too, I think is, uh, uh, the accountability, um, of not letting your town down because there's so much pride that goes with sports in rural Montana that, that it carries the town. I mean, there was always a joke when you head to district or divisional or state basketball that the last person out of town shut the lights off. And so everybody went to tournament, everybody uh, supported the local sports teams. And so you had a sense of, you know, working hard, being the best, just so you, you could be proud uh, or make your town proud of you. And so, um, and then everybody in small town, Montana grinds, um, sure. you know, there's not a lot of money and people have to figure out how to make ends meet. And so you find ways to get things done and, and, and efficiently fast and also economically. So, um, there's a lot of lessons and, and, and another thing about, I love about small town Montana that really ring home with me was, is a sense of everybody takes care of one another. And so, it's a big, huge team, and so that was one thing that, you know, it's always been a big part of my life is is being the team player, being a leader, um, learning how to uh, uh, handle success and failure. And so it's, uh, you know, we had a lot of tools that were thrown at us, it's, and nowadays it's just a matter of if you're willing to pick them up. 
Well, then you get to Carroll College, and tell us about the transition initially to that, because you're playing eight-man football up there on the high line. So what was it like when you first started playing for Coach Van Deest and, and playing for the Saints? You played for some really, really good teams, some national championship teams there at Carroll. But what was it like when you first got there to Helena? You know, it was a little bit of a transition. I mean, eight men, you take out a ta- to two tackles and a receiver. So the concept of it was pretty easy. My freshman year was brutal. I mean, I weighed 195 pounds. <laughs> I was a starter, first team all-conference, and I got my butt kicked against Central Washington and got humbled up pretty good. And so, um, and the speed and stuff, I mean, I was pretty gifted. I was six foot four and, and could run and catch the ball really well. I wasn't much uh, a physical player as a freshman and getting after the run game. Um, and so there was a lot of things that I went in, you know, even though um, I was kind of surprised that I got a first-team all-conference as a true freshman, and, but I wasn't satisfied with it because I was like, man, I, I, I don't know if I deserve this, right? And then I spent the next three years solidifying that that was a good choice. And so... But my freshman year was kind of brutal. Um, I was just behind in the weight room um, and, and the physicality part of football. Um, and so I really grinded hard to that that uh, off season to, to be stronger and, and be a bigger part of our offense. Casey Fitzsimmons joining us here on Nuanas Now. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. And Casey, transitioning from eight-man to Carroll College, a big jump. Transitioning from the Frontier Conference to the National Football League, an enormous jump. So, do you, But do you feel like since you had to make a big jump already in your football career that it, that it was eased a little bit or just take us through you know, getting into the NFL because that was probably also uh, quite a learning curve for you? Yeah, I mean, like uh, I think the biggest thing the transition from, from the Frontier to the NFL was the, the, the size and speed. You know, seeing, you know, six foot six, six eight guys, six seven guys that can move and are were super, super athletic. And um the physicality again of, you know, every time you jump up a level, everything gets faster and more physical. Um and so you kinda sit there, but once you know, for me when I saw, you know, and and blended in and started to compete against these guys and was like, Man, they're not much different than me. You know, there's some guys that are faster, some guys that are stronger and bigger. Um, you know, I try to make up with it, but just being a smart football player. And, um, and so, um, guys that aren't as athletic as some other have to do it, you know, um, through film study and, and understanding football. And so that's kind of where my advantage was is, is, and especially playing tight end, um, you have to know, you know, your your pass blocking, um, run blocking, your routes, um, protections, all the stuff. And, you know, I think it's one of the hardest positions to play behind the quarterback. And so, um, and that helped, you know, that I could digest and 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 pick up on, um, you know, uh, our schemes and 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 our offense and and understood it and and was able to pick it up faster than most rookies and even some of the veterans, you know, um, Mariucci came in, it was a new offense, the West coast offense, and, and it kind of fit the same offense that we ran at Carroll for me. And so it was easy for me to pick up and, and get a chance to, to play. So interesting too, going from a program 
in Carroll College where you guys did nothing but win. I mean, Coach Van Deese is one of the all-time great winners in the history of college football, particularly in this state uh, here in Montana. And you go to a place like Detroit where uh, there's certainly been ups and downs, but a lot of struggles to get back to having a, a winning-type culture. So was that hard for you, given that you probably had so much success in high school, so much success in college? What was it like trying to adjust to that part of it in the NFL? Yeah, so we won a uh, state championship in high school, won a national <laughs> right. championship in college, and then go from the top to the toilet bowl, right? So, you know, um, it was tough. I mean, I think the toughest part was watching your teammates accept defeat and just go about like there was no big deal, you know? And it's, even at that level, it hurt. Like, it would wreck my week and wreck my year if we, when we go, you know, like one year we went 0-16, hell, I was afraid to come back to Montana and uh, listen to what people had to say. And it's not that it mattered, but I was embarrassed, you know. I mean, right. when you put in the time and effort and you can't win and things are tough. And there was some, obviously, some, some problems with drafting and, and um, misses, a lot of misses um, and whatnot. And, and guys just didn't pan out. So... Um, it was tough. I mean, losing when you're a competitor and you put the time in like, like we did or, you know, athletes do and you lose, um, it is tough. And so um, it's one thing that I think, you know, I try to always take the good out of it. It's, it's for me is to not take things for granted, right? So um, I just would learn from it, build off of it, try to become a better football player because of it. Well, during that time, you got to play with – I mean, everybody in the NFL is exceptionally talented, but you got to play with some of the most exceptionally talented guys that have ever played in the NFL, including Calvin Johnson. So when you were lining up with or, or watching Megatron line up, I mean, <laughs> there's not really anybody ever that's really looked like that guy has in the NFL. He came in his rookie year, and he ran a – we call it a basic. It's a 12-yard dig in. And he's 6'6", six, six, and he's, uh, you know, I don't know what he weighs or whatever, but um, the ball was behind him. He didn't break stride. He reached back, which he had a, an arm or a wingspan of, a, you know, seven and a half feet, reaches back, grabs the ball full speed and didn't break stride. And I'm sitting there just blown away by this kid. And um, he went on that rookie year and, and was just making plays. And I think he got hurt. Oh, uh, it might have been in Philly or somewhere, somewhere on the East Coast and, and hurt his back and kind of slowed him down a little bit that year. But from the day he walked in the building, you could tell he was something special. And then we got tested by uh, Coach Marinelli. Everybody had to do vertical bench and run and 40s and all this stuff. And and I watched him come in and when he's, what is he, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. and jumps a 42-inch vertical cold, <laughs> and I'm just, like, blown away. You know, I was lucky to hit 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very many guys. I mean, I think at the combine when he had been training for, I think he had a 47-inch vertical. I think he had the highest vertical leap in the history of the NFL combine. So certainly uh, an athlete to, to uh, like no other, at Calvin Johnson was. Casey Fitzsimmons. I mean, he could hit his head on top of a backboard of a basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's, he's insane. Yeah, he's insane for sure. Casey Fitzsimmons joining us here, Montana native, Carroll College alum, and former Detroit Lion. So the thing that made me think about you, man, is is that the Detroit Lions now 
are on Hard Knocks. I don't know if you're a Hard Knocks guy, if you ever watch it or not, but uh, it's only one episode in, and Dan Campbell, who's also a guy you played with there in Detroit, is uh, the head coach now of the Lions, and he is quite an entertaining character. I mean, the, the first episode, not to spoil it for people who haven't watched it, but his opening speech, hilarious and inspiring all at the same time, and then during practice, he's like running you know, their, their training camp, and he's doing the up-downs with the players. He's doing push-ups all the time. I mean, he is. I mean, he looks like he could play right now for sure, right out the box in the NFL. So uh, what do you remember about Campbell, and, and are you surprised or not surprised that he became an NFL head coach? Not surprised at all. Yeah, MCDC, right? Motor City Dan Campbell. <laughs> and so I saw that buzzing around. I was, you know, I tried to keep up with him. I talked to Dan. Um and uh, I'm actually going to take my family out to a Detroit game. Um, we're going—I think we're going to go like the in November when they play the Packers. But anyway, he is the ultimate pro. When he was playing, he was one of the toughest guys on the team. He was an absolute true pro. I was honored and privileged to be able to um, play with him for I think three years, and I learned so much from that guy. His game prep his body prep, how he took care of himself, how he acted on the field, off the field, how he approached games. And it's no surprise that he's a head coach. Hell, when he got the job and did his interview, I called him up, and, or not his interview, but his press conference. And I called him up and I was like, damn, I'm ready to play. Like I haven't <laughs> had an itch for football in years and where I was ready to go out and run through a wall for him. I mean, he's, he's that type of guy and he's so much fun to be around. He's the ultimate team guy. Um, I can't say enough about Dan. I mean, he's, you know, a Texas uh, A&M guy. He's a Texas boy. Um, and, and nobody from Texas take offense to this, but he's got to be my one and only favorite person from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, I mean, what do you think is the prospects for them then? Because last year, year one, he he had the Lions playing better down the stretch. I mean, they, they were certainly playing hard. You can tell the intensity he brings is rubbing off on the team because I think that the Lions became more of a tough out uh, down the stretch last year. So uh, what do you think of this, this squad? Because, you know, it, it is bit, kind of been an uphill battle at, in Detroit for a long time, but it seems like you know, got hard knocks there. you got some optimism around the, the team, and now you have this, this brandable and also very uh, inspiring head coach, so maybe things are looking up for the Lions. I mean, every, you know this, is that there's two things in, in the NFL that success. One's the quarterback play, and number two is, is the health of the team. So if the team stays healthy in the front five and on and the front four on defense and, and people can stay healthy, now you're going to have injuries, but is there, you know, is it going to be the big injury, the big players and stuff? So if they can keep those two things and if Goff can play good football, uh, as a guy, uh, you know, I, I, I would think that they're going to be a playoff team, which is crazy to say, but Dan Campbell's going to have some of those guys that are just, you know, they're good players, but he's going to make them great players. And, um, you know, they're going to fall in it as long as they buy into his system, which I think he's got people there that, uh, that will follow his system and buy into it. Um, because I think he's got full reign there, and he will um, get those guys playing well. And I, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised if they make the playoffs. And, um, you know, 
the way he's got those guys rallied around him, you know, I don't watch hard knocks, but I watch some stuff on the internet just to keep up with them. And the way he's got them flying around and playing, the competition between coaches and players is is insane. And he's an ultimate competitor, too. Um, he's a Parcells guy. Um, he, I think he was drafted by Bill in New York um, coming out of college. So he understands what it takes to win. You heard it here first. Casey Fitzsimmons, former Detroit Lion. He says the Lions could be a playoff team this year. You gotta love it. If that happens, either way, we're gonna have to get you out again. But if that happens, you are certainly clairvoyant. Last thing for you, he led the the opening of Hard Knocks with a great impassioned speech about how we'll play you in the parking lot, we'll play you at the landfill, we'll play you for wading water in the ocean. It was amazing. But he also opened up the meeting with don't be late, don't be overweight. It's my new life model because I feel like I'm one or the other or both all the time. <laughs> but is that is that something you guys heard from a different coach or is, is that a one-liner he came up with? Don't be late, don't be overweight. I think it's something he's come up with. And just, just you know, and, and people have been saying it, texting it to me. And so I, right now I'm on a diet to get out there because I don't want to be overweight and I damn sure ain't going to be late. But, uh <laughs> You know, I don't know where he gets it from, but, he, like, I mean, you look at Dan Campbell, and he's a guy that uh, I wouldn't want to tie up with. And that's so, true. <laughs> uh, you know, he wants, to, you know, and that's just something simple that he says, but that's something that if somebody's overweight I, and or they're uh, habitually late, he will cut them. And so he's setting the tone early, and it's like, you know, they're, you, you decide what you want to do. So, um yeah, I don't know where he got it from, and and uh, but I know he believes in it because he's he's pounding it home. Why is football cool? Because we have a guy from Chester, Montana, on the radio in the state of Montana, talking about the head coach of the Detroit Lions. What else is better? Love the way the game brings people together. Casey Fitzsimmons, Carroll College alum, Chester, Montana. Uh, native and a former Detroit Lion tight end here on Nuana's Now ESPN Roundtable. Casey, Great stuff, man. That was awesome. You're welcome back anytime, and thanks so much for hanging out with us here today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Gotta love it, man. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. I had breakfast over at Paradise Falls this morning. Had a little chicken fried steak, hash brown, sourdough toast. Not only was it delivered to me in, I'm not even kidding, like three minutes, is also... So cheap, so affordable. You got to love when you get, just get the, the down-home, delicious, solid meal. Boom, right there served up to you. And it costs you less than a $20 bill. That's what I'm here for. Give me that all day long. Paradise Falls, breakfast, lunch, dinner, a casino, a sports bet, Montana, a kiosk, 18 draft beers, 30 big screen TVs. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. What's up with the in-state recruiting battle? What's up with recruiting at both Montana and Montana State? We'll give you the most recent update. All the verbal commitments for the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. As Sort of chirping out today when I was curating the playlist and I saw that this album, American Slang, the Gaslight Anthem, one of my favorite albums, came out in 2010. What? How did that happen? I didn't even know that that album existed until 2015. That was, it was trippy, not just because of the cliche, oh my gosh, I can't believe how old we're getting, but more, I just didn't know. I didn't even know about the Gaslight Anthem until like seven or eight years ago. So for that album to be 12 years old, Quite a deal. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. So fun having Casey Fitzsimmons on. Speaking of other full circle moments, coming up tomorrow around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath, our Big Sky Conference analyst. And this week, not one, not two, but three guests. Very excited for this. Blythe, Brooke, and Jasmine Hamas will join us, all three of them, former Montana State standouts. Uh, Blythe and Brooke are Churchill, Montana natives, Manhattan Christian High School products, and they played for the Bobcats in the mid-1990s. And then Jasmine, their niece, she was an all-time great player at Montana State uh, about six, seven years ago. She's a Big Sky MVP 2016, so I guess that would have been uh, six years ago. So very fun and very cool catching up with them earlier today. Actually, we uh, did a Zoom call with them. So that'll be a new uh, procedure, a new uh, test. It also sa- sounds like uh, I can give you the great news that the uh, the ESPN Montana app is rolling. So appreciate Tommy and Andrew for all of their work on getting that thing up and running. But a uh, great way. We got some new equipment, got a new camera shot. We got a new processing system. So uh, excited about the continued Progress and developments we got rolling here at ESPN and appreciate those guys for all their hard work on it. Let's dive into a little uh, college football recruiting. There's been a lot of commitments lately. That makes sense because the recruiting period was open through July and now the recruiting period, it just closed this last, I think it closed last week sometime. So that means coaches can't be in contact with guys right now. And sometimes when they're recruiting you so hard and then they have to go radio silent, they start thinking, man, okay, I know exactly who's been recruiting me hard. And a lot of these guys that are getting recruited at the FCS level, the Big Sky level, at the Montana schools, they're going into their senior years. Not a lot of you know, sophomore, junior, 
super early commits. Usually it's the summer out of your junior year of high school into right before your senior year. Or you have a great senior year, maybe you get an offer in the midst of or at the end of your senior year as well, especially for the in-state guys. So we've seen a ton of commitments on both sides. So we got seven total Bobcat commitments so far and five total Grizz commitments. I got the Grizz list in front of me, so we'll go through those first. Uh, the recent run for the Grizz has included three guys from the state of Montana over the last week. First, it was Austin Beeler. We had him on the show last week. You can go find that on the Nuanas Now podcast. B-U-E-H-L-E-R is how you spell it. And Austin, a Grizz legacy. Uh, his dad played football for the Grizz. His mom is Greta Kospieler. Greta Koss was a all-Big Sky and Big Sky Conference MVP player for the Lady Grizz in the mid-1990s. So Austin, an offensive lineman out of Helena Capital, the first of the three in-state guys to commit. Then came Clay Oven, who is a linebacker out of Billing Central, a multiple sports standout, great track guy, and uh, a guy slated to play linebacker at Montana as well. Uh, he's big, fast, and strong, just you know, just like you want to draw him up. 6'2", 220, runs really well. I've loved this kid since I watched him run the 400 meters. I think he's got a ton of upside. And then the third commitment came the very next day, Hayden Opitz. He's a 6'3", 210-pounder out of Helena Capital, a, a guy who is slated as an athlete. He's played pretty much every position uh, at Capital during his high school career so far. So a guy that uh, I think also has some diversity as he comes to the University of Montana. So those are the three in-state recruits. Uh, for the Grizzlies, and then their two out-of-state recruits include Kime Fangupa. He is a tight end defensive end out of Bingham High School in South Jordan, Utah. He's a guy that's verbally committed, but he's not going to join the team until 2024. He's on a uh, an LDS mission, so uh, not as common at Montana as it is in some other Big Sky Conference schools for those LDS kids, but uh, usually an interesting factor because they do uh, get an extra year, I guess an extra two years sometimes, because your your clock pauses when you go on a mission. So uh, you get two extra years to mature. But it's not all – I always laugh when I hear people say, oh, man, Weber State has got a bunch of 26-year-olds. First of all, it's not that true. Jay Hill uh, doesn't put as high a priority on recruiting the LDS kids that are going to go on missions as other schools in the state of Utah – in fact, most of Weber's really good players the last several years have not been LDS guys, not been standout guys uh, with that religious affiliation. But also, there, there's some uh, other nuance to when these guys go on missions because it, you can go, sometimes you get assigned to your mission, and it could be all over the world. And I've, I've talked to a lot of guys that it's very hard to, to maintain your physical fitness. You get a little bit of time to do physical activity throughout uh, each day, but not much. And it's not like you can have this crazy training regimen like you would if you were a college football player. So, like, James Kowser comes to mind, a guy who was an all-big sky defensive end at Southern Utah, a guy who uh, finished his career as the all-time leader in big sky conference and FCS history in both sacks and tackles for loss. But Kowser was a missionary guy, came back to Southern Utah, and he was slated as a defensive end. He lost 40 pounds. I think he was living somewhere uh, in Central or Eastern Asia, I believe Thailand, but don't quote me on that. And he told me, I wrote a story all about his uh, career, and he told me it was hard for me because I didn't like the food, and so I lost a bunch of weight. And so it's not always that these guys just get bigger, faster, stronger. In fact, most of the time they don't. So interesting fold there. 
And uh, then the last one, Kealili Ayat. He is a six foot one quarterback at a Kailua, Hawaii. He is also the son of uh, former Montana Hall of Fame quarterback Brian Ayat. So those are the five verbal commitments uh, to the Grizzlies, including three in the last week or so that hail from uh, in-state. The Bobcats, oh, excuse me, I said seven. They're actually up to eight now of verbal commitments. Uh, The most recent one that we haven't mentioned on this show, is actually two we haven't mentioned on this show yet at all. That's Jacob Trimble, who's a wide receiver out of Texas, as well as Zach Weibel, who's a linebacker out of Oregon. He is going to be a gray shirt for 2022, so he'll join the team in January. But here's the rest of the way that the class looks for Montana State. They got the first in-state commit for the class of 2023. Talon Marsh, who's also of Helena Capital, so three if you're counting along, Bruins headed to the Division I ranks, including Marsh, who's headed to MSU as a defensive lineman. Everett Carr, who's an offensive and defensive lineman at Bozeman High. He committed earlier this summer as well. And then Adam Jones, who's the most recent commit for the Bobcats from in-state. We heard from Adam earlier on in the show a slashing running back who's a uh, very good player there at Missoula Sentinel. And uh, he gave his pledge just yesterday. So uh, he's on his way to MSU and uh, look forward to seeing what he does for the Bobcats. The out-of-state commits for Montana State include Zach Nyland, who's an offensive lineman out of the Boise area. Chance Wilson, who's a quarterback out of Oklahoma. Major Givens, a running back from Southern California. And then Zach Weibel, who we mentioned earlier, who's a, uh, a linebacker. Um, and then Jacob Trimble, he, he's the newest one. He, he committed today um, about four hours ago, in fact. So uh, another inroad in Texas uh, for Montana State. A place if they could get back into, that would be uh, a worthwhile pursuit for sure. Jacob Trimble is from Fort Worth Christian High School, which is... Uh, just outside Fort Worth. So uh, a guy whose junior film looks pretty good. He's 5'11", 185 pounds, ran a sub-4, 540 at uh, a recent camp. So a guy with good speed. Um, judging by his Twitter profile, looks like a guy who's been up to Bozeman on an unofficial visit before. So uh, there you go. Eight commits for the Bobcats so far. Five commits for the Grizzlies so far. Uh Again, always nuanced to all the conversations. It's not as if there's, you know, one having more than the other means anything except for just the procedures that they use. Bobby Houck, very tactful and specific and not a widespread net of offers. They basically target guys, go after guys, and they get most of the guys they target and go after. Montana State, a little bit different. It's not quite like the Jeff Choate or Bruce Barnum model of just casting a wide net and seeing what you can pull into shore, but they do have... uh, a pretty more a more expansive recruiting territory, and uh, I just find it very interesting to see how this staff recruits because Choate, great recruiter, Brent Vegan, to be, to be determined, but so far seems like a good recruiter. He's made good additions, especially in their transfers, many of whom had Mont- Mountain West ties. Vegan, of course, in the Mountain West uh, at Wyoming for seven seasons, and so just continuing to track the quality of of talent that Vegan and his staff can bring to Montana State. Certainly going to be uh, an interesting one. So there you go. That's a little update on recruiting for both Montana and Montana State. Thanks for listening to Nuanas Now. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll get you set up 
Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Anytime I'm having a, a tough start to the day, I just play that. Let Dave sing me home. Don't burn the day away, people. Unless you're outside in the sun. Then make sure you just don't get burned. Welcome back to Honest Now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. Hope you're having a great afternoon into your evening. Fun, awesome, cool, tremendous, great show. <laughs> All the superlatives you could possibly think of. It's not me. It has nothing to do with me. It has the great guests that we had join us today. We heard from Adam Jones, Missoula Sentinel senior, who's headed to Montana State to play football there for the Bobcats. Also heard from his head coach, Dane Oliver, as the Spartans begin their quest for their third consecutive Class AA state championship. Grady Bennett, longest-tenured coach in Class AA, at least I think so, one of at least, uh, up there at Kalispell Glacier, joined us to break down the state of Montana. Uh, we also had a history lesson about Charlie Paddock, a all-time great sprinter, an Olympian three times over, who then was a captain in the United States Navy and then died tragically in World War II. We also heard from Casey Fitzsimmons, a former Detroit Lion, a Chester, Montana native, and a Carroll College alum as part of our ESPN Roundtable talking his backstory plus some stories about Dan Campbell. So I appreciate Casey for joining us and sharing a little insight on all of that. And uh, then we also give you a little breakdown of the latest and greatest in the in-state recruiting battle and just the overall recruits that are committed so far to the Grizzlies. They got five of them. And the Bobcats, they got eight of them. You find everything from today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the Montana State Bookstore, the M Store, and the Advocates. Tomorrow, around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, our Where Are They Now Summer Series continues. We'll hear from three times over, three former Montana State Bobcats, all three of them related, Brooke, Blythe, and Jasmine Hamas. Very fun conversation uh, earlier today. And uh, we'll play that for you tomorrow. We also are going to hear from Ryan Nelson, the new head coach for the Missoula Hellgate football team, former Frenchtown head coach. And I got bad news for you. Our great friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, she's gone this week. She's in Disneyland. I'm hoping they're riding Space Mountain. I texted her earlier today to ask if they'd heard the uh, the infamous ignition when you first get on the uh, <laughs> on the roller coaster. Never forget the first time I rode Space Mountain. It just completely blew my mind. I had never been on a roller coaster of any sort of speed, and that was uh, definitely a, an eye-opener. So uh, hopefully her two, I don't even know, I guess they're teenage boys now, Really enjoyed themselves down there. Ride the roller coasters, having a fun time. So we'll fill in the blanks tomorrow for sure. And uh, 
make our way around the wide world of sports in Montana. Probably have some more high school football coverage, Ryan Nelson and otherwise. And uh, continue our fall camp coverage. Check in with Alex Eshelman of SWX Montana Television. Maybe get either Sean Rainey or Riley Corcoran or both, depending on who I might find down there at Grizz practice. So I very much look forward to that. And uh, we'll continue all of our high school football previews as well. I know that we've been talking a lot of double A. We'll dive into some of the other classifications here um, in the state of Montana uh, as well. The rest of the sporting world is also underway. It's just camp just has like this distinct presence, right? Like you're grinding through double days, you're getting prepared, you're coming together as a team, but there's other sports out there where everybody's working really hard. There's actually already been some golf action uh, in the state of Montana. And so uh, we will continue uh, to keep you up to date with everything that's been going down uh, all across the state uh, and, and all of the different variety of sports. I thought it was really fun hearing from the uh, the older of the three Hamases because Brooke and Blythe, they both came from Class C high schools and just talking to them about what that transition was like going from you know Manhattan Christian to uh, Montana State. Certainly not an easy one. It was very fun hearing from Casey Fitzsimmons about the same, similar sort of transition. But I do think that the transition... While Stark, because of the, the metal of, of people that grow up in Montana, especially small-town Montana, I do think that it's not as crazy as it maybe it's romanticized as being. I think that's why we see so many great athletes come out of such tiny towns. I, I kind of teased this in our interview with Casey Fitzsimmons, but uh, someday when I ever get a little bit of extra time, I don't know when the heck that's going to be, but... I have been slowly but surely working on a book all about small-town Montana and their production of NFL players. And I do think there's a distinct um, reality there. I do think that coming from tiny towns where you have a lot of accountability because you're performing for your community, you know almost everybody in your community, so you're trying to make them proud. The the work ethic that's such uh, an entrenched and ingrained part of just sports in Montana, period, but especially our, our smallest towns. I think that it's a, it's a distinct factor in why we've seen as many guys, if not more, from the Dillons and the Havers and the Chesters and the Hardens and, you know, all of the non-AA towns. There's, there's way more guys from A, B, and C that made it to the NFL than there are guys from AA. I mean, Who's the last guy from Billings and Missoula to make? I mean, Jordan Tripp's the last guy from Missoula to make it to the NFL. Like, who's the last guy from Billings? I can't even think off the top of my head. But we'll be back at it tomorrow. Can't wait for it. We'll see you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.